It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today, our off-the-road interview series continues from Jamaica. We're remotely connecting with musicians around the world, sharing their experiences during the pandemic. Hear everything we've done so far at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. That includes part one with reggae legends Third World and their leader, guitarist and vocalist Stephen Catcore, whose career started in the late 60s when he was just 12 years old playing guitar for reggae pioneers Inner Circle. Third World's latest album is More Work To Be Done, produced by one of Bob Marley's sons, Damian Marley. And as we continue, we learn more about their relationship. Damian Marley says it was at your house he did his first ever recording as a little boy. You remember that? Of course I remember that. They snuck into my personal (laughs) studio and did it. (laughs) When I was away traveling... They went in there, smoked up a bag of weed inside the place, and went and recorded a couple of things on their own and stuff. But I was on tour, and when I came back, I heard about it. I was on the ground laughing. I thought it was the coolest thing in history. I mean, these are the memories, Dave. These are the memories. You go back that long with him, because I've got you in this mood of remembering nice things. I can can hear your smile when you smile, knowing you. (laughs) Share some of the moments that you spent with Damien that are particularly meaningful or touching to you. Well, I think my greatest moment with Damien Marley is taking him and Shire to Reggae Sunsplash, because Shabaranks and Ninja Man were going to clash. And this was the thing for that generation at the time. And this was a Thursday night, and I was playing on the Friday night. And the kids begged me, begged me, begged me. I said, listen, I have to work tomorrow, you know, so can't Mommy Cindy and Mommy Donna take you? And both Mommy Cindy and Donna said, you're on your own with this one, kettle." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to take the two boys to this dance hall night at Sunsplash. And nothing started, Dave, until 4 o'clock the morning. <laughs> That's when the warm-up act started. They were just doing pure rubbish the whole night. Pure rubbish was coming my way. And you have to understand, I'm standing there with the two kids, and their energy is up. My energy is way, way down, because I've had to drive them to the park. I've had to get through the line. Everybody, cat, 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 core, that, 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 all that stress. I've had to get in, I've had to get them settled. And you know, they were young, so I have to be looking after them <laughs> minute by minute. I have to be watching them. You know, I can't lose them in the crowd or something ridiculous like that. So it's very stressful. And then nothing doesn't happen until 4, 4.30. Then Ninja Man comes on and he goes on with his thing for like, I mean, <sighs> I was amazed. Everything he did, he made up on the spot. And he went on and on and on, and the two boys just went absolutely nuts. <laughs> and then Shabarangs flew down in a helicopter. <laughs> My God, the two of them were trembling like like an earthquake was going on. <laughs> I just said, guys, calm down, calm down, calm down, you know? Now I understand why you have the relationship after you tell him that crazy story. Now I get <laughs> why you're so close uh, with Damien. And how old was he when you took him to that Sunsplash cat? Um, I would say probably Shy was eight, he was nine. That's really powerful. And uh, <laughs> on that note, of uh, it made me think, uh, as we go to wrap it up, with the death of Toots Hibbert of Toots and the Maytals, legendary pioneer of ska, reggae, rocksteady, 
I was wondering about your reaction to his passing. It was determined it was complications of COVID-19. But beyond that, first, I guess, your thoughts on Toots in general. Well, it was kind of difficult for me to not be very emotional about this because you have to frame this in the sense that I first played with Toots when I was 13 when I joined in a circle. Basically, just a club band or a band that played for dances and to backup artists. And we were the backing band for like the Christmas morning show. A lot of artists would be on those shows. And they were held at the biggest cinemas in Kingston at the time, which was the Carib, the Regal, and the State Theatres. Those were big, big, big shows for us. And that would be where I would have met Toots first when I backed him up at a very, very young age. And he remained so close to me for all the years, right up until his passing. In fact, I had the pleasure of giving Toots the Lifetime Achievement Award from Third World two years ago. Toots has always been on Third World and Friends. We have had four Third World and Friends shows. Toots appeared on every single one. Never asked us for a penny. Just gave, gave his love free. Extraordinary person, extraordinary human being. The energy that he brought to his songs is quite amazing. Not to mention that he took John Denver's Country Road and made it his own. And made it a massive reggae hit. Right. Yeah. My whole word to describe him is energy. Good, loving, soulful energy. He probably was as good a singer as Otis Redding when he come on to sing in the blues and sing soul music. I don't think there was a better singer than Toots. If it's not Otis Redding, it has to be somebody up in that echelon, you know, Sam Cooke, those kind of people. That's where Toots was. He kind of predates reggae. He had a song that's widely credited with sort of defining the name of the genre. Well, he has some great songs. He has some great numbers with the Scatolites. One that comes to mind is Dark War. And then from there on, he would have had Rocksteady right into reggae. But there's a clip with him explaining the whole reggae thing, and he's saying that Rocksteady was very close to the reggae, which is true because the reggae was just an upstroke on the guitar. Rocksteady was at one downstroke. Check, 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 right. check. It became checky, checky, checky. It put a slight swing onto Rocksteady. I think this is one of the reasons that people say that Toots coined the phrase reggae because he was imitating how the guitarist was playing. He was playing checky, checky. He, was, he said it, reggae, reggae. Wow. And um, yeah, that's how Toots explained it to me. You know, those are not my words. Those are his words. Right, right. So that turned into what we now know as reggae music, which is one of the most famous music in the world. Not only that, but it comes from an island with 4,411 square miles. Right. I mean, it's just extraordinary. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, talk about an important cat when it comes to reggae, really the name itself and predating the, the, the sound of reggae, as you just explained, your own personal experiences starting out backing him, and then through the years. We would have crossed paths many times through the years in many different um, circumstances. We just never lost contact with each other. We were very close, and he saw me as a guitar player who we really loved. And I played on several of his songs. He was the hardest guy to play because he would be singing what he wanted you to play. <laughs> and um, this was something that a um, French film producer named Jerome Lafayette said. He came to Jamaica and he wanted Toots to be in his film. So I told him, look, Toots called me and he asked me to play on a song for him. And he's at such and such a school that tonight we can go and then you can talk. So while we were there, Toots put the song on and he said, this is the song I want you to play on. 
and you'll be singing all these praises. And I'm trying to catch them. Because Toots kept changing every minute. He said he wanted this, then he said he wanted that. But that's the nature of how it was, you know. And um, it's great to remember all that stuff, you know. I just have to say that it's very hard for me to think of him as gone. I'm really having a problem with that. That's what, to me, is the hardest thing. It's trying to, just trying to visualize that he, he's at the wrong, he's gone. And the final question I'd have for you, Kat, when was the last time that you saw him? After he came and did the Third World Show. That's two years ago. Sometime the following year, which would have been 2019, he sent me a message to say that he had two songs that he wanted me to play on. He wanted me to bring the cello and he wanted me to bring my acoustic guitar. And I went down to his studio and, of course, you know, it's the same thing. You know, he's singing everything that he wants me to play. <laughs> um, yeah, and I spent the whole afternoon there with him. And then he had a birthday party. Yeah, that would have been, I think, probably the last time I saw him. I just really just want to say that what a wonderful person he was, what a great, great friend to me he was, and a mentor of the highest art, someone who I looked up to, someone who I, to this day, I respect to a maximum level. He's out of the top draw. And this is something that I think his music lives, and therefore he lives. It's quite touching, and so grateful you take the time to remember him with us. Sending you maximum respect, Brother Cat, and much love. Thanks a lot, Dave. You know I love you, man. It's the great Stephen Cat Core, Third World, and just an honor to get you on the show during the series we're doing, talking with folks. Stay safe. I really appreciate every time that we connect. All right, Dave. Lots of love, man. Focus, I hold my head high.